Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Music Unapologetically. I'm your host with you as always, Adam. And new to the show, hopefully uh, for a long time coming here in the future. I uh, got a got a new friend, uh, homie at work. Uh, we call him Lair Dog. You can call him Larry until you get to know him. Uh, <laughs> call him whatever you want after that. But uh, anyways, man, welcome. <laughs> Appreciate you hitting Thank you. to uh to do this, man. I I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. You know, I you know I mean I love music and uh you know sitting here having a good chat with you and sharing it with people. I think it's a great thing and I've, I know we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. No, absolutely. You know, we used to, you know, when we when we worked at the same location, we uh we would do lunch every Friday uh and get yeah. into getting into Larry's stories. Uh, more specifically, his music stories, you know, got me thinking then uh, about uh, a music podcast with Larry. And so here it is uh, finally coming to fruition after uh, he hit me up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so super excited. And uh, you text me this week. Uh, we had lunch last week. Text me this week yeah. and uh, uh, wanting to uh, get into some specifics uh, in regards to uh, our favorite rock guitarist, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm all down for it. Uh, I know I know which direction you're gonna go. I don't think uh, you know which direction I'm gonna go. I think it's gonna be kind of a surprise to you because I'm kind of a I'm kind of an old head uh, like you when it comes to music. I'm not, you know, I'm not one that enjoys music uh, in regards to uh, today's music. I think music as a whole died. Uh, in the early 2000s, I think music today is trash. I think all genres of music today that are coming out over the past, dude, like 15 or so years is just horrible. Yeah, so you know, I, I, I'm going to agree with you on that, and uh, and and I have a theory why. So. Oh yeah, dude, I'm down to hear it. But, but you know, you always you you got that you got a saying. You know, I know I know you've heard it. You know, why are you living in the past? And I think rock and or even music as uh, as a whole, not just rock and roll. Uh, is one thing where uh, living in the past uh, reigns supreme <laughs> at yeah. this point. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, yeah, go for it. I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm interested in, uh, in hearing uh, your theory on why music sucks today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, make it a, make it a simple theory. Really, I think uh, a lot of the internet and and how music is out there uh, has has really changed. You know, back in the old days. Um, you know, you have these large production companies that you had to go through and, and, and all that. And it took a lot of time and money uh, really to produce a lot of this music. And plus the technology wasn't what it is today. Right. Um, so you heard a lot of the raw music, 
and you 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 really had to float up to the top to be you know to be that at that level of music to entertain people right and i think that's where it was in the past nowadays anybody really with the technology we have in computers uh could get in and dub a recording and make them sound sound good and put it out there and it, it's cheaply done right and like and i truly believe you know the cheaper it is the worse it is and i think that i think that's what you're getting today and I think we, I think we've got a generation today of these young kids who, uh, and, and this is speaking in terms of cheaply made and cheaply done. Uh, we, we've just got a generation that's lazy. Oh yeah. You know. And yeah, so and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. You make it, you make it cheap. You make it lazy. And that's what's that's what's being accepted now, as opposed to like you said back in the day, you had to you had to be discovered. You had yeah. to be discovered at a at a little bar at a little local joint by somebody right. passing through who accidentally stops in to get a drink and they hear you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and you had to have that fan base already. I mean, you look right. at the great rock bands, you know, all of them, Van Halen, perfect example. You know, these guys were doing parties at local clubs and, you know, they, they, they were jamming for years before, right. You know, anybody even gave them a chance to sit in a studio and do any kind of recording. Right. You know, and sometimes that's that's what it takes. You got to put in the time and and really build that fan base. So when you do right. that recording, you know, people want to buy it. Right. You know, they want to spend all the money to get it, not just buy the 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 fifty cent or hear the free, free music on on whatever nowadays. <laughs> you know, so no, I think that's sure. where the quality has gone away. You know, the first thing that came to mind when you said cheaply done, lazily done is SoundCloud. I think SoundCloud is, is mm -hmm. music. Anybody can upload any kind of trash to SoundCloud uh, and call it, you know, a rap song or a, a rock song or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, SoundCloud, I think SoundCloud is definitely one of the uh, biggest proponents of sucking the music, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to your point, uh, as far as like... Um, uh, you've got to have that fan base. You got to be lucky. You got to be playing this club the night so and so walks in. I've got a buddy up in Seattle, and he said that's exactly how it was with those big grunge bands. You know, you got Pearl Jam, uh, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Soundgarden, and uh, he said they had big fan bases, and you could walk into any bar uh, in in uh, Seattle in the late '80s, early '90s. And probably catch one of those those bands playing there, and then you go there the next night, and then the next one's going to be in there, you know. So, yeah, but it just it just it just sucks today that 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 music is so watered down because of because of the technology. The technology is great. The technology is amazing right. today. Right. If you use it, you know the way it is. But I mean. The the thing is, it's so easy to put stuff out there. Right nowadays, nobody goes to these live shows. To me, that's where the music really is: is right. going to these live shows. And that my recommendation for people listening out there, you know, what one of the best things you could do is if you're a big music fan, is hit these local clubs. Yeah. You know, go to these downtown venues that have live music. And and support your local people that are that right. are out there doing the work. You know, they're not just sitting at a in, in in their house on a computer putting notes together and calling it music. These right. guys are doing the work. They're Absolutely. up there on stage and they're building that fan base. 
there's some of them out there, but you know, without the support of the people going to see them, it's 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 you know, it's a it's a losing battle. They're going away quite quite quickly. We live we live an hour away from mm-hmm. the nation's biggest, best live music city in the world. I, I said yeah. nations, but in the world, like you I I don't I can't envision a uh, a better a better city you know i hate austin i hate everything mm-hmm. about austin <laughs> with the exception of dude you can go find a diamond in the rough in austin at any yeah. any one of those local local joints you know yeah. uh, I, i'll tell you a story i went uh this is years ago man i can't even i can't even tell you how long ago it is but um i bought tickets to a dave matthews concert in austin and it was it was set for I want to say a Tuesday a Tuesday night. Uh, it was at the outdoor venue. Uh, it rained and thundered all day that day, so they canceled it till the next day. You know, no wow. big deal. Uh, I want to say Wyclef was going to open for him that day. I, I'm not one hundred percent sure. Don't don't fact check me on that because I'm probably wrong. But anyways, whoever was opening for uh, Dave Matthews Band uh on tuesday night had prior engagements on wednesday because that was supposed to be their off day to travel you know whatever so the next thing yeah yeah so they stayed in town wednesday and all day wednesday leading up to the uh the show that night i guess they were having auditions for local bands to come and open for them and uh they they ended up picking a band called the bright light social hour uh, mm. local local Austin band and uh they absolutely killed it. I have them on on a couple of my my playlists still right uh, today. So you know it's just just a matter of getting out there and finding that that diamond in the rough type of thing. Exactly. Not, you're not gonna have a hard time in Austin. So you ever go yeah. to Austin, just check out a local venue. I don't care if you know who's playing or not. Stop in and give it a listen. You might be listening to the next, you know, Nirvana or Led Zeppelin or, you know, whatever. No, and let me tell you, too, the other great thing about Austin is there's a lot of retired old uh, musicians, um, you know, that every once in a while, they'll they'll walk into a club and do a show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's a great thing, you know, I tell you a story. I mean, that was... Uh, you know, I'm friends with some of these musicians, uh, one of them being Paula Nelson, you know, Willie Nelson's daughter. She has a band, the Paula Nelson Band, and she she hits a lot of those local clubs there in, in, uh, in Austin area. And, right. uh, you know, one night they're sitting there playing and pops in Jimmy Vaughn. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah, you know, he gets up there and plays guitar with them and everything. And I, I mean, if if you're not hitting out, the, getting into these clubs, you know, every once in a while, you miss these kind of things. Right. And and not only these local guys trying to make it, but you got some of these these older, you know, established musicians that love to go out and do the small little scenes and and have fun with the people in the crowds and right. put on a great show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the the South by Southwest. That's, oh yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's yeah, that's when you really want to go to like hit these little hole in the wall joints up because. You know, I had a buddy tell me one time he went to one in, at Southwest, uh, South by Southwest, and Justin Timberlake walked in and played a played a show, uh-huh. and they had yeah. no idea that it yeah. was going to be him. You know what I mean? So you never know what you're going to get. You know, but uh, yeah, music today it just sucks. 
uh then you know just lazy lazy heads man i can't i can't yeah. do it i can't do it i can't do it in, in like any part of life uh yeah. but you know especially since you and i are big like music heads and music fans music snobs or whatever i don't yeah. want the lazy trickling into into the music but it has and it's just absolutely killed it and, and music has been trashed for 15 plus years so yeah. anyways we'll get into what we were going to talk to greatest rock guitarist uh, absolutely now you said before now you said before we started recording there's a big difference in best rock guitarist and best what overall guitarist ever absolutely yeah go well, yeah, get into that y- y- yeah, you look at guitarists. I mean, first of all, you, you got your blues, you got your classical, you got, I mean, there's a million great guitarists, you know, mm-hmm. what I look at, you know, you got to separate them by genre, you know, here. Right. Um, and if you're looking at the blues, B.B. Uh, King comes to right. mind. You got a lot of these great, you know, blues guitarists, even Billy Gibson's from ZZ Top, one of the greatest blues guitarists, right? you know, but then when you listen into the rock, you know, and and I think a lot of people group in some of these guys into the rock era, but you've got these great rock guitars. And I, and I start off, Jimi Hendrix really kicked it off really that, that heavy metal, you know, style of rock guitar. Right. I mean, he, he was one of the firsts that a lot of people emulated. And then, and then you had in the early seventies, mid seventies, you know, you had your, your Randy Rhodes, your, your Eddie Van Halen, you know, that you go to a show live and that's where you could tell the real guitarist. You know, right. I'm not talking about somebody hiding behind a studio and doing different fruits, put them all together. Yeah. You know, no, these guys hitting these solos live. Funny you yeah. say that because when when I am uh, listing my top guitarist, my favorite, you know, Adam's mm-hmm. personal favorite guitarist, it was a live album uh, being the reason I have my number one rock guitarist uh, is is based on this uh, this live album and probably one other one, probably in the top 10, probably six or seven ish. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say it. It's live at Fillmore East, the Almond Brothers. You oh, will yes. never, ever, ever convince me there's a better guitarist out there than Dwayne Almond. Absolutely not. not Dwayne Almond. I would agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne Almond. Uh, just yeah. uh, and it and and it was live at Fillmore East. I listened to it from front to back, uh, and, and just loved every part of it. But you know, if you know the Almond Brothers, you also know there's another great guitarist, uh, Dickie Betts. Best, yeah. album as well and those two together on that you know if we got into what's the greatest live album ever made to me that one's it i, I think yeah. it's all start I, I think it is you know you you speak of a perfect album where you have uh you you start play on track number one and you don't skip anything i think i think that album is is number one so Dwayne almond to me will always be number one there's there's no convincing me otherwise you know and that's being stubborn but liking what i like yeah and and that's the great thing too when you when when we talk about this subject there's there's different perspectives and the reason why somebody i mean you could pick any one of these guys and and yeah you're right They're, they're they're the greatest of all times you know me personally you know i to me, my top guitarist, the reason I started playing 
guitar um, was Randy Rhodes. Not a lot of people know of Randy Rhodes, you know, and, and what he accomplished. And unfortunately, he he had such a short time. Uh, he died at a very early age in, in 82 is when, you know, his death, March in 82. Um, but before then, you, you listen to a lot of the quiet riot before, you know, in the early 70s. You know, there there's a few albums out there of Quiet Riot, if you could find it, and it's worth a bunch now, that Randy Rhodes was on. And you, you listen to some of these these albums with Randy Rhodes and Quiet Riot. I mean, the guitar part of it is just amazing. I mean, one of the greatest guitarists, especially in a live show. Right. Um, you know, and personally, too, I mean, and the reason I say it's, a, it's kind of like a personal thing is Randy Rhodes was the first guy that, taught me basic chords on a guitar really? you know i was i was a kid in the 70s my grandfather bought me uh my first guitar greenwich guitar electric guitar and the music store in southern california where he, he bought it from you know happened to be randy rhodes's parents' music store that they owned for years and um part of the deal was buying the guitar i got a free guitar lesson well the guy giving me the guitar lesson was none other than randy rhodes you know, so I'm kind of biased in, in picking him as my greatest guy because, you know, because of that memory. But so by far. So no, tr- go ahead. Oh, truth be told, when I said I I had an idea of what direction you were going to go, that's completely wrong. 100%. Completely. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, in there. Well, but I know he's in your tops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he would be my number two, Eddie Van Halen, and uh, uh, I got to meet him one time backstage. Uh, great, great guy. Nineteen eighty four concert in Miami. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I got a funny story with David Lee Roth on that one too. But <laughs> we're but, talking about Eddie. Yeah. So here, here's here's when I make a list. If I'm if I'm making a top list now, correct me if I'm wrong. You might do the same thing. You might not. But if I'm going to make a list of, let's say, top guitarist, my favorite guitarist, I I have to be able to enjoy their music. Right. I, I have to like their music. Uh, I won't put Angus on my list. I cannot stand ACDC. I will. T- <laughs> In regards to one of your favorites, Van Halen, I don't like van halen's music and i've got a story for that on why i don't he's probably very very good (laughs) you know what i'm saying but he won't go on any of my lists because i don't listen to van halen i I won't listen to van halen uh when i was a junior in high school uh football season just ended uh reagan high school i went to churchill reagan high school was opening up uh not too far from churchill and the football coach that I had had the previous three years, freshman, sophomore, and junior year was leaving Churchill to go be the head coach and athletic director at, uh, Reagan high school. Okay. So second semester of my junior year, we're now in the off season. We're now in the, the working out weight right. conditioning programs and all that stuff. We get these new coaches in from new Braunfels Canyon. And we go through this two week uh, workout. They called it boot camp. 
it was trash. And this was right around the time new metal was starting to become real big with corn and Limp Biscuit and Slipknot and, and Disturbed and Godsmack and all those bands. So all those bands are starting to get real big. You know, you have the dying of grunge. Yeah. And Nirvana and Soundgarden and all them, they were kind of, they were fading out uh, more so uh, Nirvana and Alice in Chains, you know, all, whatever. So this new metal is starting to kick up. Well, this coach, one of these new coaches that uh, was a strength and conditioning coach, says, I want somebody to make a playlist that y'all are going to work out to. And so so my buddy, uh, Eric, Eric Sprague, he was a wide receiver, says, I'll do it. And I said, good, because I knew exactly what was coming. He was going to throw a whole bunch of corn on there. He was going to throw a whole bunch of disturbed and say like, it was going to be a, a metal new metal playlist that we can all on right. to while we're working out. Right. So he brings that CD in day one, puts it in. We get through this workout. We enjoyed it. And the first thing that stupid coach said was that music was trash. Take this CD back. I will bring in a CD for us to work out to tomorrow. And what did that guy bring in? He brought in Van Halen's greatest hits. If I <laughs> ever hear, if I never hear running with the devil one more time in my life, it'll be way too soon. I never want to hear that song again in my life. I hated those workouts. I hated those coaches. And I don't want the nostalgia that running with the devil or any Van Halen's going to bring in regards to Second semester, junior year, football off-season workouts. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's why Van Halen will go nowhere near, you know, my top five or whatever, top ten, whatever we do. But, you know, yeah. I've got a story with it. You know, at least I've got a good reason why. <laughs> hey, hey, and you know what? That happens. You had a negative, you know, negative effect with, with their music, and and, and it, it affects it. No, but- it uh- and I come to think of it today, I wonder how much I would hate corn and Slipknot on all those bands if I got to go the whole two weeks during those stupid workouts listening to that, you know, and then could have changed it. So who knows? You know, maybe if it, if it, if he never brought in Van Halen, I'd be a Van Halen fan today, and I'd hate corn and <laughs> all the other ones. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, even even with that though, you've got to recognize you know, the advancement and in, in what Eddie Van Halen brought. No, absolutely. To the music world. There's, you know? there's a, there's a big difference in not liking the music and respecting the music. I respect, absolutely. I respect the talent. I, I, you know, I, I respect that he is widely considered one of the best, you know, absolutely. my, my little minute opinion on Eddie Van Halen doesn't matter in regards to the millions and millions and millions and millions of fans that he does have, you know? So, so I definitely, I definitely respect the talent. I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that gets not recognized with Eddie Van Halen is, you know, his brother, Alex on the drums, uh, these two guys played since they were kids, you know, they come from a music family and part of what made Eddie, what he is today is the backup on the drums with his brother. Mm -hmm. These guys were so synced together 
they didn't need a mixing unit. When you heard them live, you they didn't need a mixer to get the timing right and all that like guys need to do today. You know, these guys would play live together and they were so in tuned with each other. It was like the same guy doing the drums and the guitar at the same time, you know? And, and, I, and I bring that up to talk about uh, Eddie and uh, Valerie Bertinelli's son, Wolfgang Van Hip. Uh-huh. He's got a band now called Mammoth. Um, incredible. They just came out with a new album. I was listening to the album just before getting, getting on with you. Um, amazing musician. Uh, Wolfgang actually does all the instruments, the production, the mixing, everything on the album. There's something there's something about a musician who when they create an album and they are playing the guitar, playing the bass, playing the drums, playing the keyboard, they wrote the music, they're singing the music, they're producing the they're directing everything. There's something to be said about that kind of talent. Yeah. You you know, and you and I spoke uh last week uh about Beck. You oh know? yeah. The, the the one year that he beat Beyonce out in in uh, uh, album of the year, okay. Mm-hmm. You throw these two albums up together, and you ask anybody on the street who's going to win album of the year, who are they going to point to? They're going to point to Beyonce, mm-hmm. and they're going to point to Beyonce because Beyonce is a bigger name. She's out there a whole lot more now. Unless you're and now unless you're like a rock fan from the 90s and you got the and you and you're you're thinking about old beck you know loser to uh um, devil's haircut and all that all that goofy stuff yeah beyonce probably wins there but once you start getting into a more mature uh beck who again wrote the music sang the music played all the instruments produced it directed it did everything on this album beyonce doesn't stand any kind of a chance no cards to a musician who does that and not just Beck. I'm talking about any musician who does that. Yeah. And, and that's very rare. And that's what impresses me the most about, you know, Wolfgang. And yeah, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's in the DNA. He, you know, he's Eddie Van Halen's son, but it's not that this kid has been playing music since he was what, three years old, probably. And, you know, he's, he's put in the work right? and he's, he's so meticulous on the sound that he creates. And, you know, it's, 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 it's an incredible sound. It's, it's not one of those, everybody thinks, Oh, you know, it's a, it's a copy of the Van Halen sound. Not at all. He's got his own unique music, right? You know, and he is such a talent. He's a great vocalist, great drummer, great guitarist. Um, you know, he, he, to me, he's the future now. If, if music is going to turn itself around and become great again, I think, uh, Wolfgang is one of the people that's going to help drive it in that direction again, just like his dad did back in the, in the seventies. I always hate, I always hate the, it's in the blood argument. Yeah. You know, I, I hate that because I, I, I can give you one example of where that is a huge fallacy and that's Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Why are Michael Jordan's kids? If it's if basketball is in the blood, which they played, mm-hmm. why are they not in the NBA right now? It's right. in the blood. 
you know, it's because they didn't practice the craft like Wolfgang practiced his craft since three years old. You know what I mean? So there's that. That's what it is. It's in the passion, I think. Yeah. It's, no. it's, it's in wanting to put in the time, the hours, and the commitment that it takes to be that great. Yeah. I'll give you another example of, and, and this guy is, is absolutely in a, in a top 10 ish, uh, area of my list in regards to it's in the blood, but there was, there was more passion and, uh, um, you know, just the want the, the drive to, to be great. And that's Derek trucks. Uh, his, I think his uncle was the drummer for the almond brothers band. And if you've never heard Derek trucks, B.B. Uh, King uh, was sitting on a stage with John Mayer, another one that'll be in my top 10, maybe even my top five. He was sitting on stage with John Mayer and Derek Trucks. And B.B. Uh, King told Derek Trucks, you're the you're the greatest guitar I've ever heard. Uh, I'll have to find that video and uh, send it to you. Uh, but Derek Trucks is uh, he's great. And it's in the blood, the Almond Brothers blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking them up right now. Yeah. yeah, to be honest with you, I have not had a chance to hear this guy. I'm gonna I'm surprised I haven't. Once we get done recording, I'm gonna send you a YouTube video of what really drew me in. Uh, they're called the Tradeski Trucks Band, I think is what they're called. But I'll send you what kind of. What kind of brought me into uh, uh, checking him out, and then I've done a, a couple of episodes uh, with another guy who uh, right. a bit big fan, and uh, kind of got me going down the Derek Trucks rabbit hole. But he would yeah. uh, would definitely be uh, in my top ten. But what I, I want to hear your top five. Do you have a top five, or is it interchangeable? Yeah. Is it uh, cemented? It, it's it's mostly cemented, and okay. and and. It's basically the performances that I went to and I heard. So it's, it's obviously I always tell everybody that it's a per, personal choice. And I, I really believe that when you look at these great guitarists, it, it's a personal choice. Right. Now, I, I already told you, you know, Randy Rhodes is my number one. Eddie Van Halen is my number two. Okay. Um, and, and number three, I, I really got to go with um, Jimmy Vaughn and his brother. I, I put them both together. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. Um, List without in, in I think is um, not valid. <laughs> Which is what? Any list, any list with, with, uh, without Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, yeah. Near the top is invalid. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. You know, and then believe it or not, uh, number four is, is Billy Gibbons. I oh. love listening to him on on the guitar. Okay, and uh, and then my top uh, rounding off my number five is Carlos Santana. Okay, yeah, I think I, I think he he the same thing with him. If he's not anywhere near the top, it's invalid. Uh, and, and back to back to Stevie Ray. If you mm -hmm. if you list Jimi Hendrix in your top and you don't list Stevie Ray in your top, you're you're not yeah. listening correctly because to me stevie ray vaughn is a cleaner smoother Jimi hendrix yeah that's just that's just my opinion when you when you listen to them side by side they sound alike 
Yeah. Jimi Hendrix is just more rugged, more raw. Stevie Ray is more clean and more smooth, but it is the, to me, it's the same sound. Yeah. And so, so when I, when I'm making a list in regards to uh top guitarist there, you, you know, you put, you put the two brothers together. I'm putting Jimmy and, and Stevie together. Together. Yeah. yeah. A and a B, you know, if I've got them at yeah. four, it's a four, a four B, you know, yeah. they're, they're just pretty much the same. But I'm the same way. I got I got uh, uh, Dwayne Allman number one. I've got Jimmy Page number two. As commercial as that is, Led Zeppelin, you know, debated, highly debated as probably the best rock band ever made. I mean, that's in regard. You know, it just depends on your personal preference. Uh, but you know, highly regarded as as one of them. If you're if you're listing a rock band list. Uh, Led Zeppelin's up there. Uh, number two, three, you know, the A and the B is Jimmy and, and uh, Stevie Ray. Yeah. Uh, a four for me would be Mark Knopfler, uh, Dire Straits. Dire Straits, yeah. Uh, and then number five, uh, you know, I always have a hard time because I want to put Dickie Betts there. I want to put Warren Haynes there. I want to put uh, John Mayer there. Uh but just for the sake of of this episode and, and rock guitarist, I won't put John Mayer there because he's more bluesy, yeah. you know, yeah. more blues, more rock pop, you know, whatever. And so I'm going to take a completely different approach here in regards to the bands that you have named and I have named it. I'm going to go Dimebag Daryl. Oh, there you go. Yes. Era. You know, a completely different kind of rock than the classic rock that that we have uh, talked about so far. But you listen to Pantera and you're getting wild guitar play, I think. Wow. Well, that's a good choice. And and, and I'll be honest, that surprises me because I, I kind of put you into that grunge. No, absolutely. Type of, you know, uh, and I, I thought Dave Grohl would have come up, so- you know, or- <laughs> or Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, I love Jerry Cantrell. I love, uh, so if we were talking about greatest rock stars, Chris Cornell is number one. Chris Cornell. I think, uh, uh, you know, in regard, and he would be top 10 in, in guitars, but I just think he's so versatile all around, not just his guitar work puts him up there. Oh, I, I I ran into a version on YouTube of uh he did a replay of uh it was Creedence Clearwater Revival and he did it acoustic and he did it unedited and his his raspy just his raspy voice just sucked me in. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, when he was I, a phenomenal vocalist. Oh, when we get into a show about vocalists, uh, obviously he's he's in that top no, five. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, audio slave is, is by far one of my favorite, maybe one top one or two favorite bands ever. Uh, it just sucks that he hooked up with uh, Tom Morello, who in his own right is another great guitarist, but he's just an idiot. You know? So, you know, it's the same thing. If I don't, if I don't like your music, I'm not going to put you on a top list. I just don't like Tom Morello as a person. So he's not going anywhere near my list, even though he was amazing in Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine and you know all the other projects he does. It's just, man, you gotta 
you gotta not suck you know what i mean <laughs> yeah well you hear a lot of his live stuff if you ever heard it i mean uh i i wouldn't put him in the greatest just by his live performances because yeah. they, they weren't even they weren't there. and to be honest with you i i have a feeling that most of his live performance was they probably had backtracking on it too just to give him that boost and uh <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah so I always get scared when I go to a rock concert uh, because, you know, we we discover and we listen to uh, artists and we listen to their studio work. Right. right. And so you go to a concert and you almost expect the studio quality uh, of work coming out live. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, a couple months ago. I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Okay. My expectation for this concert was not very good. And I'll tell you why. Last year, I went to a Wu-Tang, Nas, and a Busta Rhymes concert. And they're old. They're legends. They were big in the 90s. Yep. And so the concert was good. It wasn't great. Because they're older, Buster Rhymes was out of breath, yeah, trying to rap real fast and everything. Nas killed. Uh, Wu Tang was pretty good, but I left there. I left there with it was a great con. It was a good concert. I enjoyed myself, but I left there with almost a lower uh, opinion of them just because of the quality of the music that they were putting out during the concert just wasn't up to par. Okay, so now fast forward to a couple of months ago when I went to this Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. That was my expectation. I set very low expectations because I did not, number one, know what to expect. And number two, based on old Wu-Tang Nas and Buster Rhymes not being super great, I fully expected Red Hot Chili Peppers to not be great either. However, I am proud to say it is probably the best concert I've ever been to in my life and they're going on over 30 years right uh yeah i i left that flea killed it guitars everything was so was so perfect and you know so i would listen to that concert live if it was recorded over any studio album that they did so to your point that the live music will always trump the studio work. It has to, you know, for me, for yeah. me, are you great? It has to. For me too. And, and what scares me is in today's music, a lot of people don't know this, your bigger bands um, for that quality of music, they do what's called backtracking. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering what that was. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, what backtracking is, is they actually have recorded you know, like solos or, you know, your basic, uh, you know, parts of the the music and things like that. And what they're doing is in the instruments, they're they're playing, but at a lower volume. And then you've got the recorded music overseeing it. So if they make a mistake or they miss a note, you won't notice. Don't tell me that, Larry. Yes, sir. Oh. Matter of fact, uh, Mick Mars. Why do you think Mick Mars left the 
Motley Crue, and they, they've got Mark Five now playing a uh, guitar on, on 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 Motley Crue. Um, and Mick Mars was the first one that broke this out, and I mean it's it's a big thing going on now. And uh, Mick said the reason he left is he got tired of the the backtracking he was forced to do. And um, for him, yeah. Absolutely. I love a person that stands behind his principles on that. And and I agree. If I were to pay money to go to a concert, I want to hear the live stuff. Right. No, absolutely. The flaws and everything. Yes. Yeah. 100%. There's going to be flaws. You're going to miss a note. You're going to, you know, go off key. I mean, that's part of it. You live, you live in a bubble wrapped world. If you think for one second that a studio album is jump in, play, record and put it out. No, you, you you live in a world wrapped in bubble bubble wrap. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, dang, Larry, I can't. <laughs> I ruined I ruined your concert, didn't I? There, Adam. First, this is your first episode on this podcast, and you and you're already making me question life. <laughs> you got to be careful nowadays because it, it's happening. And 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 I'm going back to what I said originally: going to these local bars and stuff like that. You don't get that yeah. in these local bars. 100%. You know, like that time when I'm sitting there with Paula and Jimmy Vaughn jumps on stage, grabs a guitar and starts playing. There, there's no backtracking there, baby. There, there's there's just live play, you know? And, and that's where, you know, I recommend to anybody, you want to go to a real good concert, like you said, South by Southwest time, hit those clubs. Yeah, you know, watch those those local bands or even those those old, you know, um, generational musicians that decide to go out there and play. Right. Hit them up because that's that's where you hear their raw music. Music in the raw. Yeah, somebody somebody should do an album like that. Yeah, record it in a studio, but don't kill me with edits. I want to. No, you know what I mean. Straight off the mixing board, right into the, <laughs> right onto the digital recording. Now there is a, <clears throat> there is a uh, uh, documentary on Netflix about Metallica, and it uh, it chronicled one of their al- the making of one of their albums. You know what I mean? And 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 just the dude, I couldn't do it. I could not be a musician. <laughs> after watching that and how, and I understand that when you get that big, you run into, or maybe turn into perfectionists. Yeah. But Holy geez, Metallica. When you're, when you're speaking about perfectionist and, and redoing a take and redoing a take and redoing a take and redoing a take, and then come in the next morning. And before you jump in the studio, you have a pre-production meeting and you don't like anything that you did yesterday and you have to start over. <laughs> oh my God, dude, I could like the patience, the patience in me just exits my entire body. And I don't, I don't want to be there anymore. Now, that being said, you got somebody like Beck who, and, and, and I'll say this too, Lars Ulrich. I cannot stand that guy. I can't oh, really, I, I don't want to look at his face. I don't want to hear him talk. He's just annoying to me. Just annoying little weasel to me. Talented, very talented. One of the best ever. Yes. But he made me so mad during that documentary. 
I, I, that I can't, I can't do it with him. Now <laughs> he put me in a booth and that same thing happens with Beck, right? Yeah. Regards to this album that he did all the work for. I can probably watch that because Beck doesn't come off as an obnoxious a-hole like Lars Ulrich does. Yeah. James Hetfield does, you know, or whatever. He, he's going to fight. I feel like he's going to fight with himself internally. Right. <laughs> Instead of having, having these head butting uh, confrontations between James Hetfield and, and Lars Ulrich. And, and now, you know, they're angry at each other. Now they're jumping in a studio to get something right. That probably wasn't wrong in the first place, you know, yeah. and unless you're the perfectionist and, and you know, actually what's going on and exactly what they're talking about. Cause at the time when they're saying, Hey, we need to do, 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 do I'm going to, what is that? You know, so, <laughs> you know, cause I, I don't have a musical bone in my body, but <laughs> I'm still a snob about music, which is kind of weird to some, yeah. whatever, to each their own, but <laughs> I'll be honest with you. My my position on that is if uh, as somebody that 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 has written music and and, and done this, um, I know a lot of songwriters that if you don't hate what you're doing and dislike it, to me, you're it's not a musician, right? Um, and and. And every everyone that I've known that, that goes through the trouble to write a complete song and, and sit through it and do everything, uh, write every note, every lyric, everything, they doubt every part of that song. Yeah. All the way through. And you know, to me, I, I'm the same way. Everything I do, I'm always like, ah, I, I, that doesn't sound right. No, I'm I'm missing this. I gotta change this. I gotta, you know. And if if you're not like that kind of songwriter, you're you're, you're to me you're not a great songwriter. Okay. <laughs> you know, and th- that perfection has to go in there. Yeah. You know, so when I hear like you got people fighting, that's because they don't like their own sound. They don't like what they're doing, and they're looking for that. You know, for somebody to 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 tell them, Hey, you know, that's great. Let's keep this. Let's do this because they're doubting their, their skill set and their, their knowledge every step of the way. Yeah. You know? So that makes sense. That, that puts the, uh, that puts this uh, documentary uh, a little more in perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, Where it made me mad that they were arguing and arguing, arguing. So that is what you're telling me. Yes, that's normal. Oh, that is that is so normal. Um, you know, the, the guys I feel sorry for the most are those uh, those <laughs> sound producers. You know, the sound engineers, because they 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 got to go back, they got to change, they got to re-record, they got to dub it, they got this, they got they got to do it 10, 20, 30, 40 times, whatever it takes. Right. Uh, you know, and, and the worst thing, what people don't see. Is they're going to go back and say, okay, yeah, that sounds good, but let's try this. And, right. and they're going to do 10, 15 more, you know, dubs or recordings. And and then the first one probably was the one that they go with. And that that sound engineer is going, why don't, why don't we just stick with the first one the first time? Why do we have to go through this? Exactly. See, that's how I would be. Why, like, 
it's if, it, <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. We're we're trying to we're trying to correct something that wasn't wrong, you know, in the right. first, you know. So these musicians, what you're telling me, and this is what I'm hearing is they are super head cases during a live performance. Oh yes. During a live uh, and, and the sad thing is, uh, this is where, you know, a lot of them, you know, the alcohol and, and, and some of the drugs and things like that is because they got to get that out of their head. Right. Performing, you know, and that's the sad part. Well, so they're, they're playing sober. <laughs> Not all the time. No. <laughs> okay. Oh man, this is wild. This is, this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> I'll wait for the I cannot wait for you to uh bring more uh boulders crashing down on my world, you know. <laughs> hey, that's that's you know, that's the fun of it. You know, we got two different perspectives. Listen, uh and, and that's what makes it interesting. I'm super appalled right now that they backtrack. Yeah. Coming, you should be. <laughs> you you a, should be. Coming from a guy who doesn't have a musical bone in his body to be yeah. set about backtracking. Oh man, my world yeah. is just taking a left turn. And, and the sad thing is, a lot of these pop stars, you know, the lip singing and stuff like that, it's been done for years. Yeah. But when you start getting it into these normal concerts nowadays. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, back in the 90s, Millie Vanilli was, was uh, mm-hmm. they were kicked out of the game for lip syncing. <laughs> now, well, we, now they we weren't see- real. Yeah, now we see a video that came out last week where Cardi B gets some water thrown on her and she throws the mic at the person, but the music and the words are still going. Still going. That's backtracking. But but we're okay with that, but we weren't okay with Millie Manilli lip syncing no. on stage. Well, and, 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 and I am going to clarify the difference here. Okay. There is a huge difference. I've never gone down the Millie Vanilli rabbit hole like I should before I speak on them. But, you know, from the surface, that's just kind of what it looks like. Okay. Millie Vanilli were, um, how's a good way to put this? (laughs) They were basically the showpiece. They were the face. Okay. They didn't write the music. They didn't sing any of the songs. It wasn't their voice. Okay. It they didn't play any instruments. They were basically dancers and performers behind somebody else's complete music. That person had to have been a hideous looking human being for you to bring in two people to lip sync and fake the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it was a production company that did it. It was their idea. And they made a couple of hit songs and it, the reason it blew up so badly was because of that. These guys were performers. They were actors, basically. Now, I don't even want to put them in as performers. They were just actors and dancers. Okay. Um, they weren't musicians. They had no part in any of the music part of, of what they did, but they slapped their names on it. And their, that's where it blew up. Their job was to to learn the words to the music and learn the choreography so that they can can dance. I've got, there's a musician in today. Well, they didn't even sing it. It was all lip singing. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like learn the words so you can. Yeah. Yeah. Fake it. (laughs) And make it look halfway decent. Now there is one person 
uh, in music today that should probably give give that a try. Uh, and that's Lizzo because she is a hideous human being, uh, and she would probably uh, fare a little better if somebody else was out on stage instead of her hideous looking self, <clears throat> and then crying about it when we call her hideous. So that's a left turn. Just, I just had to make that's a complete left turn. <laughs> <laughs> totally irrelevant to the original topic. Let's talk about <laughs> so fat and nasty, but you know, anyways, that's neither here nor there at this point. But yeah, I don't think that's not even rock, is it? <laughs> it's not even, yeah. See, <laughs> told you, I told you last week, there's left turns that we take that make absolutely no sense. <laughs> and most of the time, I will not turn the steering wheel to try to get back right, but this because <laughs> I don't want to talk about her, I don't want to give her any. Any airtime that she doesn't deserve, which is all of it. So, but yeah, uh, I don't even know who you're talking about. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky. Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, other guitarists. So, you know, we listed, we both listed five, and we yeah. are obviously leaving other greats out. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, and, and that's and that's that's the sad part to to making list. Uh, like this, you know what I mean? You're going to leave people out, right? Yeah. Uh, slash great guitarist, uh, um, Billy Gilmore or, uh, uh, not Billy Gilmore. Um, David Gilmore, Pink, oh, Floyd. David Gilmore. yeah, David Gilmore, Pink Floyd, uh, Eric Clapton, mm, great, yeah. uh, Joe Perry, great, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Walsh, the Eagles. So, and that's. Oh, the Eagles, yeah. Can we talk about this here real quick? About sure. Joe Walsh. I put the Eagles as a whole up there with Van Halen and ACDC. I don't want to listen to their music. I think they wrote one of the most overrated, overplayed mm-hmm. songs ever to hit the airwaves. Hotel California. I cannot stand it. I hate that song. I will always hate it. I'll always skip it. And I understand a lot of that was Joe Walsh. But I'll say this. When Joe Walsh went solo, I'm listening. (laughs) Which is weird to me. Uh, And the same thing with, oh, who's the Beatle that did um, Band on the Run? I hate. Oh, that was uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the Beatles. I, I think the Beatles are overrated i think they're the most overrated band ever but i will listen to paul mccartney all day long Ooh, interesting which is weird that's a weird music take <laughs> do you have, i mean yeah is is that normal do you do you have bands like that that you'll listen to the solo but not the but not the the whole Um, yeah, I do. Um, but again, I recognize now going to the Eagles, um, you, you look at each one of them. I mean, you, you talk about Joe Walsh, but you know, Don Henley, Glenn Fry, you yeah. know, uh, Don Feeler, every one of them themselves, you know, is, was, was an established solo artist that, that had, Top ten hits. Before wait a so, minute. Before or after the Eagles? Well, you or, gotta remember the 
the Eagles was created, uh, really it was Don Henley and, and Glenn Fry. Okay. They're the two, the, the, they're, they're the two founders of the Eagles. Okay. Right. This is way before Joe Walsh. And what a lot of people don't know is they actually, Glenn Fry and Don Henley met each other uh, when they were doing, they were doing sit-ins. Um, a sit-in is when a, a guitarist or a drummer, you know, sits in for a named band to help them out in a concert and things like that. Right. Well, they were doing sit-ins for Linda Rodstadt. Okay. And some of her concerts. So Glenn Fry doing guitar and Don Henry doing the drums for Linda Ronstadt. This is where they met. They created their own band. Now they were with Linda Ronstadt for a short period, but that's what kicked off the Eagles was those two and Linda Ronstadt helping them. As a matter of fact, um, um, what's that song? Uh, El, El Dorado. Um, was a song written by Linda Ronstadt. She actually recorded it and put it on one of her albums and they did also. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, and, and you look at that now, Joe Walsh himself, is a phenomenal musician, mm-hmm. phenomenal guitarist, you know, and you get that much talent together and going now to the Beatles, same thing. Each individual was such a talent separately that you know you may not have liked them as a band together but that's because you you get all that talent to me you get all that talent together you know it's like you know you're you're who who do you who upset you know who's who's making the decisions you know and who's putting it together but you know, with that many musicians all together, obviously there's going to be a clash. It's 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 going to affect their sound, especially as they grow later on, right uh, into the years. Uh, that clash is just going to get worse and worse and worse, and it's going to change the sound of the band. Right. Um, that's exactly what happened to me. I think what happened to the Beatles and what happened to the Eagles. But you hear a lot of their earlier music when they were growing up together as musicians. Dude, it's phenomenal. In my opinion, I mean, especially those two bands, the early years of those two bands is just, it's it's just what music, I mean, it, it inspired thousands more great talents behind it because of it, you know? Now, I think speaking of super talents and, and who's going to take the back seat, who's going to make the decisions, I think the nineties grunge bands did it the best when they were, when they were forming, you know, for lack of a better term, super bands, you know, yeah. and, and when you're talking about nineties grunge, you're talking about Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Those are the big four. Right. So, you know, a lot well, of people, you're, you're oh, Foo I, Fighters, I put the Foo Fighters in there too. So I would put the Foo Fighters there, but they were kind of a, I, I feel like they were a post grunge band you know what i do once 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 grunge started like its decline you know kurt cobain kurt cobain died yeah uh, and when kurt cobain died you know it, it, it i mean he was carrying grunge on his shoulders i don't even think he was the best of the four uh you know no. I, you know i put him i think at number four as a matter of fact uh but you know for society and for you know um you know all the fans or whatever nirvana's it kurt cobain dies that's when grunge kind of kind of takes it down 
But during the whole thing, you've got a band, uh, Temple of the Dog, right? Uh, that was Pearl Jam and Garden together. They it's it, they did one album together, and it was amazing, you know. And that album makes you want more. Uh, I, I would love to have had a a, a second uh temple of the dog album uh with eddie vetter and um uh cornell chris cornell chris cornell tell you they harmonized so perfectly they complimented each other mm-hmm. but i wonder if the mindset is we're only going to do this one album because we're not you know let me let me put my pearl jam hat on and my eddie vetter hat on i'm not taking a back seat to chris cornell right or an extended period of time Okay. Then you've got another band. You got Mad Season, which is uh, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam. Without better, it was Mike McCready on the guitars. They had an album and it was amazing. And you want more. But Lane Staley's not going to take a back seat to McCready. And so we're not going to do anymore. So we're going to do perfection here and we're going to leave it. You know, I think they had the, the recipe to. Uh, perfection uh because then you look at a band like audio slave right mm-hmm. you've got chris cornell from cornell. uh um sound garden and now you take the band from rage against the machine yeah. they put out three amazing albums mm-hmm. front to back all three of them great but they hated each other yeah Right. We're an established band with Raids Against the Machine. You're an established musician all over the place. You know, you've already, you know, we're already established, but we hate each other because Chris Cornell's in the limelight and we aren't, or Tom Morell is in the limelight and, and Chris, you know, and it sucked because even though I agree or I say, those three albums that they put out were amazing. I bet top dollar that if they actually got along, they would have been even better. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it makes sense. There is, I mean, it's documented that they did not get along. And, and Tom, and that's one reason I I don't like Tom Morelli. He's got that stupid radio show on on Sirius XM. He has said <laughs> talks crap about a lot of people. <laughs> oh, Chris Cornell being one of them. Yeah, he's you know he yep. said some negative things about Chris Cornell, and it just makes you think, man, as good as these three albums were, how good could they have been? You know, and and, yeah. and might have gotten a taste of that because it came out. Not long after he uh, he passed away, Chris Cornell, that they were in talks for a few more albums, and yeah. a, you know what I mean. So that's just, the other thing they they never did any real live performances, right? And they were talking about a tour, which is so upsetting that yeah. we that we didn't get to see that. You know what I mean? See, I would be interested in the live version of that. Yeah, to see how they could you know, work together and, and produce those sounds live and, and, right. and entertain people. My buddy, I got a buddy out in California named Sergio and he is die hard rage against the machine. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to get him on 
even for even for five or ten minutes just to talk about uh the difference between rage against the machine and studio and live the similarities yeah. the differences you know i would i would love to just just hear him talk about that uh and, and we may have to do that I'll, I'll have to give him a call but uh i don't i don't know i like rage against the machine i like their i like their studio albums i like tom morello's guitar work uh and and, and i just i man i can't I can't fix my brain to to think that they can replicate that or make it better live. You know what I mean? Like some sounds might just be better recorded and edited or whatever. But then again, I don't want to go to a concert and experience the backtracking too. I want to be able to to hear the flaws and everything. So that's one of those bands like, man, I don't know if I would buy a ticket just because I don't want to not be a fan anymore. You know? <laughs> cause yeah. I'm, cause I'm and, irrational like that. Yeah. And I agree with you. And, and to be honest, I've never been to a rage against the machine concert. So I, I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, album wise. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of a lot of albums because I know how it's produced. I know how it's made and right. it's, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think that it, that it doesn't take. I mean, it takes talent, um, but if you have the right producer and sound engineer, you, you can make anything sound great. Yeah. You know, I'd be interested on those albums to know who the producer was. Yeah. Because that that's where the talent may come from. Yeah. Not not really the band. I mean, in, in perfect example, look at Def Lever. Look at their success. Huh. You know. And their two biggest albums, you know, that that made all their success, it's Mutt Lane. Look what Mutt Lane has produced for other musicians, mm-hmm. you know, that have come come out come out of there. Same thing with um, Quincy Jones. He's another producer that you know. You look at these big, even Van Halen, you know. But you look at Motley Crue. You look at uh, Michael Jackson and all these you know, albums that were top hits, you know, Quincy Jones was behind that, you know? So yeah. sometimes, and, and that's why too, when I, when I look at as far as musician talent, I, I, I tend to go by what I've seen, what I've heard live, you know, because that that's really showcasing the talent of the musicians. Yeah. Albums, when you get to these great albums that have all these great songs, Sometimes you got to look at the producer, you know, that might be the magic behind that great album. That's a completely different perspective. And I'm glad you said that because I, I, man, to, to think that there is a band out there that is highly successful, but the talent of that band is actually behind the scenes. It's not the actual guitar player, the bass player, the singer, you know, whatever, whatever. It's the ghostwriter. It's the one on the soundboard, the engine, the the sound engineer, you know, play, playing with the knobs and 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 making making them sound better. Now, you know, a perfect example of that is T Pain. You ever heard of T Pain? Yeah, he's one of the greatest. T Pain without the uh, oh, what do they call it when they change the voice of the auto tune? Take him off auto tune and he's trash. Have you heard that before? It's horrible. Oh yeah. But you put the auto tune on him and he sounds decent. He sounds good. Deep Pain's great. 
and I'll be honest with you, that's that's with anything, anybody. I mean, and, and you got to understand when you do a lot of studio stuff, it, it's going to have some kind of auto tuning in there. Um, it's just it's part of the programming and what they produce. I mean, I, I could give you a recording of myself, you know, off the wall, you know, on, on this kind of a mic, and then let you listen to a, a, an actual. You know, sound recording of my same voice, and people say, "Oh, that's two different people." You know, it, it makes that much of a difference, and you would hear that in a lot of vocalist expressions. I'm going to take that in consideration now when I listen to music, with the exception of Chris Cornell. I want, I want to keep my opinion of him that he's the talent, <laughs> and and nobody, nobody is making him better. It's just him. And, and, and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna tell you. Listen, I've, I've I've heard a lot of Chris Cornell. I've heard him live. I've heard a lot of stuff from him, and he, he is a talent. So you won't be disappointed listening to him live. <laughs> because even if that wasn't the case, it was gonna be the case in my in my own little world. Just because he, to me, he's the goat. You know, he, he's just so versatile in, in everything. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a great musician. That's a that's definitely uh, another conversation for uh, another time. But dude, we're sitting at like an hour and seven minutes right now. So uh, <laughs> time flies. Yeah, we had planned to go what forty five minutes to an hour, and and uh, man, I could do this all day. I love recording. I love talking about music. Now that you know, now that you're on here, and, and you know, the conversationalist that you are, uh, I think this is going to be. Uh, pretty fun to get in and uh, record a couple times a month and let the uh, let the people listen to our opinions. Uh, yeah, you know, or, I... or as I like to call my opinions, facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't do that anymore because I'm wrong a lot of the times. My yeah. wife tells me so. Like same, <laughs> I'm wrong most of the time anyway too. But in my own little podcasting world, I'm never wrong unless <laughs> then I'll and then I'll eat it. But uh, Anyways, dude, good episode. Uh, just a little, just a little taste of, of what we might have in store. Not everything is going to be top list or you know whatever. We're just no. in here and, and have good conversation about music and uh, hopefully turn on the uh, the more ignorant to music onto some good stuff and and uh, get them thinking and listening and enjoying everything that's. Because music is uh, music is for everybody. There's something out there for everybody. Uh, if you haven't found it yet, listen to us, and we'll point you in that direction. Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, I got some stories on my own, and I, I'd like to bring in some people that people would recognize, maybe, and let them share their stories, and we'll do some some live podcasts on that, and uh, let them go from there. I'm super down. But uh, anyways, until next time, guys, y'all go like, subscribe, share. Y'all know how to, to hit the uh, the like button, the subscribe button, share it with your mothers. Uh, let them know that Larry and I said hi. Larry, do you like moms? Absolutely. Of course I like moms. Okay, Larry loves moms, too. We love moms here, so we always shout out the moms. But uh, anyways. Until, hi, mom. <laughs> until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.